I was never going to make the mistake again of, of accepting a business or an idea that didn't serve me first and wasn't some sort of like delayed payoff bet that people tend to make. This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. Here at the Entrepreneur House, we're always looking for ways to help entrepreneurs grow. This February 2018, we've co-created an event like no other. Imagine yourself completely unplugged from the digital world with no access to Wi-Fi or cell reception on a pure digital detox in the mountains of Brazil. Introducing our newest event, Digital Detox Camp 2018. Digital Detox Camp is the first weekend after Brazilian carnival and packed full of high-level masterminds, business and lifestyle workshops, organic food, breathtaking views, campfires, hiking, swimming, waterfalls, yoga, many more activities, and a lot of time to clear our active minds. Disconnect from the digital world and reconnect to the real world. We have a special early bird offer for our listeners that expires January 15th, 2018. If you're ready to join us, be sure to visit theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Today, listeners, we're honored to have with us the founder of an incredible business and business model, Russ Perry. Russ founded Design Pickle, a graphic design business, just three years ago and built it into a business that already produces half a million dollars a month. Design Pickle has approximately 125 employees working with them, mostly all remote, and Russ is here to share what has made the business so successful. Today, Russ will share about hitting rock bottom as an entrepreneur and as a person. He shares how he came face-to-face with transparency and why it was the only way for him to move forward. I asked Russ about the simplicity of the Design Pickle model and why he chose one-tier pricing structure. Towards the end of the show, Russ will talk about building an incredibly successful location independent business model. And without further ado, another incredible episode for you guys. Let's jump into the show. Russ Perry, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I am excellent. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on and calling from Arizona. Where exactly are you today? I am actually in Scottsdale. Phoenix is just a skip away, though. We're headquartered here. I'm, I'm an Arizona native, so I've grown up in Arizona all my life. Why do you, I mean, it's your hometown, but what are some of the things about Scottsdale Phoenix that, that you really like? And for the listeners, I actually spent four years in Scottsdale, Russ's neighborhood, but before we knew each other. So I'm kind of curious, I'll share some of the things that (laughs) I like about it. You know, there's a lot of listeners that are completely location independent and are hopping around the globe, looking for new cities, the best cities to work in. And usually they're hopping around places like Barcelona or Bangkok. But uh, Phoenix is an amazing city. Phoenix, Scottsdale, PV. Me personally, it's still one of my favorite cities on the planet. And I'm just curious, like, what, what do you like about it? There's a huge cognitive bias, obviously, because I'm a native, but I'm in the minority. And I think that's what actually I enjoy about it is you have a huge population here that really is the majority that's not from Arizona. I found it actually pro- creates this really relaxed culture and in vibe something you don't normally get like in the coastal cities um something you definitely do get in the midwest of the united states but it's not phoenix is not the midwest and Mm -hmm. so you have a lot more culture a lot more diversity a lot more art and uh just the things that kind of i think make a city a city and that's that's to me what i love it's just you just have I, I use the term easy because it literally, I mean, like bad traffic is like, oh, it took me like 10 minutes longer to get somewhere, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, or, or it's, oh, there's so much traffic from five to six thirty, like so frustrating. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's easy. It's in, it's a young city too. So when you talk about like the oldest buildings here being 
from the 60s and you tend to have pretty good infrastructure things are mm-hmm. organized and neat and that's that's typically i like that i like that when i'm living somewhere i think there's a real uh, especially around scottsdale and phoenix there's a real um well there's a youthful vibe but also a very um kind of a, a forward thinking mentality and people that are really open to ideas and opportunities that you don't necessarily get in other places. Would you agree? I do. And, and sadly, you know, Arizona has not necessarily had the best politicians <laughs> representing it. And so you do get a very heavy slant. I mean, regardless of your political views, there's just been some crazy, crazy people in Arizona. Yeah. But it is more, it's like this left-leaning, right entrepreneurial business mashup that i really like yeah so you have like a lot of like really like good the good vibes from you know more liberal camps but then if you're just like a business guy and want to get it done that's like all here too so you can really kind of be in both camps and have a and have a place and make things happen and it's not just one extreme or the other let me ask you this question so you've traveled a bit and I get a certain feeling when I fly into Phoenix, and I'm curious if you do too. How do you feel when you fly back home into Phoenix? <laughs> um, it's always like, you know, it's so hard to describe emotions verbally. I think that's a good podcaster trick there. It's like, how do you describe it? <laughs> I have this sense of, of welcome and kind of openness, just kind of like, ah, you like fresh, like clarity, just space. There's, it's the desert. But it's also very beautiful desert. So you just, there's not like, I remember visiting a lot of friends in, in the East Coast and you go to DC or you go to Pennsylvania uh, and you're just like, well, where are we going? You're like, oh, it's super far. It's like 10 miles away. And you're like, what? 10 miles? <laughs> like, that, like, that's like, like going to dinner, you know, here here in Arizona. And so there's just like the scale is bigger. And I think that's what I really feel when I, when I touch down and I get here. Yeah. I have this, this feeling of just excitement. Like I remember flying into <laughs> Phoenix and that's why I stayed there as long as I did. Cause you could see Camelback mountain, you know, you fly over Scottsdale if you're coming from the East and you just see all the cool ASU and all the cool things in the city. And of course it's always sunny too. And so yeah. uh, I, I just felt like, really good flying into it and there was something about it because i'd flown all over the world to different cities and i didn't get that in other cities so yeah great city so entrepreneurs that are out there looking for fun places to go especially if you're in your 20s and single phoenix and scottsdale is a fun fun (laughs) fun place (laughs) i'll add to one more nod i mean i i've been in a lot of airports it's literally one of the easiest airports and centrally located so It's not like a, a New York or a Chicago or a Denver where you're having a like haul or an LA where you're sort of like trapped <laughs> at the airport and you got to like get out of there. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, you could be touched down and to one of the coolest spots in like less than 30 minutes yeah. or I mean, you know, 25 minutes if you don't have baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Easy in and out. So, mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, let's talk about you and Design Pickle. First off, I don't know a lot about you before Design Pickle, so I, <laughs> but I did see you speak in Bangkok a couple months ago, 
And yeah. I like what you had to say. Like, I liked your authenticity and some of the stuff that came out. It was raw and it was, it was great to hear because I think with a lot of times with entrepreneurs, people think they need to have this certain, certain image about them. Um, and they, they need to, to follow that to an exact T. And if they don't follow that image, it crushes their ego and their confidence. And it, it <laughs> just messes with a lot of things. But you were completely raw about stuff. So um, love to hear your backstory as much as you're willing to share. And, yeah. uh, and tell us more about you, man. Well, I mean, we touched base on kind of geographic origins. I'm from Arizona, and I, you know, I like thank you for the, the 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 compliments on the on the event. The the event was really cool. Love Thailand, but I think what you saw honestly was because I used to struggle a lot with that identity and the ego, and that was kind of the the first I'd say eight and a half years of my life was like trying to reconcile an identity of being an entrepreneur with many other roles that I had. But unfortunately, the entrepreneur business role I put first. And so I started my career as like a creative freelancer designer guy, kind of the the jack of all trades, like, oh, I can do marketing. I know Photoshop. I can do this. I know a little WordPress. And hey, I have a company. Let's start it. And and that was great and, and ended up giving me a lot of opportunity. But over the years, the the like who Russ was really got drowned out with the the role of, oh, well, Russ, Russ is the entrepreneur. He's he's the guy with the business. He's the creative guy. He's the the fun guy. And and that was that ultimately, as I shared with, you know, at the event, like that ultimately led to me really mismanaging myself, uh, my business, stress, and all of these kinds of things. But, you know, thankfully I got through that and, and you know, and Design Pickle and what I'm doing now is on the other side. But, you know, I don't think any entrepreneur doesn't have that phase. I just think I had it for probably a lot longer <laughs> trying to figure that identity out. And it wasn't until things really hit rock bottom that I was forced to look back and say like really what do what do i want and you know why like why am i so unhappy trying to pursue my dream here so what was what was rock bottom like for you and if you don't want to share specific events uh, no, happen, that's, that's right. okay but like i'm curious to get into like the feelings and emotions and questions you had going through your mind during that time yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I think I mentioned it at the at the event. I wrote a book about it, uh, Sober Entrepreneur, and so nothing's really off limits because I wrote a book, so it's out there, and <laughs> we're getting. I think we're going to formally launch it in January. Um, but you know, rock bottom for me. Well, I think rock bottom started like it was a it was, a, it was about a two year process of sliding down, and and for me, the 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 accelerant on it was substances, so alcohol in particular. And I struggled a lot with that. I mean, I was genetically deep, deep disposition for addiction in terms of like family history, but also just with stress. And I had no mechanisms in my world that I had learned on how to manage stress. And you know, this was like a, wh a while ago. This was before meditation was as cool as it was now. This was before... <laughs> 
you know, like talking about your feelings was as easy as it can be now, for, especially for men and guys. And, mm-hmm. and so for me, it really, there was the, the stress piece. And then also that identity and that brand that I, 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 I sort of generalized as like the mad men style, you know, Hey, we're going to yeah. go do business and let's go out to dinner and we're going to get drinks and do all this kind of stuff. And that's how a lot of deals were done. And, and at least, and I thought that was the best way to get deals done in the agency world. So that ultimately led me to have an affair and it was a, um, a dark time. I mean, something that I would like wish had never had happened. However, rock bottom was that exploding within my family and my wife finding out um really the substance fueling those decisions because those those decisions aren't made in with a clear mind you know those are decisions that you make in a very altered state of who you really are and and uh, we got through it though and so so at that rock bottom i just saw me as being pretty much anyone but who I wanted myself to be. I was repeating mistakes that had been like happened in my family that I swore I would never do. I was, you know, making like playing with fire in terms of risking my life, you know, numerous times driving under the influence and there just being just this like high level of risk and destruction. And when I finally pulled back all the layers, it just was like, I don't even. I didn't even know how to like handle stress and handle all of the shit that gets poured on you when you become this, you know, you choose to be an entrepreneur. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is so awesome. But then it's this mountain of responsibility. You realize that no one taught me how to deal with this. No one, no one, there's no books in school about it. And dude, I went to ASU, so there's really not a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of education on this topic. I studied design <laughs> and communications. Um, but you know, my wife is an amazing woman. She stuck with me. She knew that there was something, you know, way, way different and way wrong about what was going on. That was, you know, not just, it wasn't just like, oops. And so we dug in and, you know, at that time we had a, our daughter and I have an older uh, daughter from, from, um, when I was younger, I was never married, but, you know, we knew it was important to keep our family together. And I knew it was important for me to like shed this once and for all. And so, um, you know, a couple years into the repair, I quit drinking and that was in 2013 and, uh, October. And, um, and then that next following year, like literally the next 14 months was a kind of a, uh, a year of discovery for me. I closed the agency. I invested heavily in coaching and consultants for, for life and business and just asking questions and asking questions and asking questions and, and ultimately came out of it with like a really clear idea of like kind of what I wanted my life to be yet. No clear business model had presented itself. A lot of other opportunities have presented themselves, but I was never going to make the mistake again of, of accepting a business or an idea that didn't serve me first and wasn't some sort of like delayed payoff bet that people tend to make. Um, and yeah, that led, uh, led me all the way into the moment in late 2014 where kind of over the dinner table and reading Dan Norris's seven day startup. I was like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I think I have 
this sort of business that he kind of has, but instead of doing WordPress updates, I'm already doing design for some consulting clients in a very streamlined way and pieced together the uh, the business model, and we launched in January 2015. And you said something really interesting, Russ, that I want to go back to. You, you said that um, you weren't going to create a business model that didn't serve you. And could you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, all the audience out there that's listening that has had a quote-unquote real job, um, I mean, I assume a lot of people have left that, but go back to those days and or go you know, talk to your friends who are still at those kinds of jobs working for somebody, and, and you realize that there's this there's this game, this gambling that that we've done and that people do where they say, look, I'm going to gamble my current existence and I'm going to bet that if I commit to this job or commit to this career, my future existence is going to be better. And by betting, meaning like it's really out of your hands, like you have a boss, it's someone else's company. And and so some people win and they do great and other people, you know, we, we've all heard the horror stories, they get hosed. So, so, so what we do is we tend to like say, well, I'm going to start my own business. Like I'm going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to c- control my own life. And I, I think most entrepreneurs pursue their own path because of this, this similar mindset. And, and yet what ends up happening in a weird way is we, we start to do the same thing as we make these sacrifices of time and money and relationships and friendships because we're betting that the business is going to pay off more down the road. Like, oh, I got to not talk to anyone forever and <laughs> stay up all night and you know pay myself shit because I'm not making any money, but because I know this business is going to going to pay out. And and there's and you know it sucks and it's hard because there is that time where yes that odds are stacked against you just you're starting out so there is a a window in which things aren't ideal and anyone who hasn't ever had that is probably you know funded by some crazy dude and uh, you know the expectations <laughs> are out of control but mm-hmm. but what but that that period can easily be extended and extended and extended through our irrational optimism until the point where you're like I was, where I was on year eight, kind of like, okay, it's going to get better. Like, it's going to get better. We're going to get through it. I'm going to do this. And then finally, you're just like, this this sucks. Like, no. <laughs> like, I need something that's good now. And maybe I'm not going to be making as much as I want to eventually make but it's not going to be a miserable existence currently for the future that i'm hoping for are you enjoying today's episode i hope so we're working hard to pick the minds of higher level entrepreneurs to help you scale your business rapidly february 22nd this year we will have an event like no other our digital detox camp in brazil includes fireside masterminds business and lifestyle workshops hiking swimming natural springs waterfalls indoor rock climbing and much much more disconnect from the digital world to reconnect to the real world if you're ready to unplug with other high caliber people contact us asap at theentrepreneurhouse.com and now back to the show so i I want to address one more thing before we dive more into design pickle going through that dark time of your life had to be extremely difficult 
What gave you the courage or helped you make the decision to become transparent about it? And why did you decide to do that? Well, I mean, for the record, I was caught. So there wasn't my decision to initially. Uh-huh. Uh, and and I think that was God kind of being like, you're fucking retarded. I'm going to make this happen. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force your hand here. Uh-huh. Um, but I knew that, dude, I had nothing to lose, you know, and I didn't want to mm-hmm. live with any baggage down the road yeah. to where I was like looking over my shoulder on anything with the alcohol, with relationship, with anything. And I also knew that to truly break a cycle like that, cause dude, my dad did stuff like that. My grandmother on his, like his mom had written a biography slash autobiography of that side of the family. And there's just the relationships are nuked all over the board in anyone's family. Everyone mm-hmm. has a story about it. And so I didn't want this to be some, Hey, let's put it in the closet and let's not talk about it. And I also knew that like deep down inside that, like it really wasn't who I was. Like there was some really messed up stuff that I was trying to navigate and deal through. And I and I really just I just made it made some terrible decisions. Yeah. And so the truth it was my freedom. And and I was just ra- irrationally truthful and just here's it is and here's where I'm going and and you know Mika and I went through years, dude, like two plus years of going through this. We are well on the other side. In fact, the book, you know, she encouraged me when I was writing it, which I go into the the timeline and the details and things that happened because now on the flip side, I know I want to be an inspiration. I want to share a story to people who either are a struggling with literally like an addiction or challenges that I have, or b this more metaphorical addiction to a, a, a poor career or a bad job or something where you're, you know, you're addicted to something professionally that isn't serving you. And, um, and to be able to talk about it or teach it or coach it or share about it. Like the only way I'd be able to do that is if I just had full transparency on it, there's no way I could, there's a lot of coaches out there who are, are full of shit and lie about stuff or they don't have a business or whatever. And, um, eventually it's just like a kind of like a Ponzi scheme, you know, they'll mm-hmm. fade out and, and get busted or, or people will call them out. And, and I wanted to make sure that whatever I pursue, there was never like a, like a ghost or a shadow I was worried about. Yeah. I think it's amazing when you share stuff like that. Cause it really does inspire people. Cause there's so many, I mean, you see it in the news constantly, like, you know, it happens in the Catholic church or other religious organizations or with politicians and so many leaders out there that are bar- trying to bury their past and they're really afraid to let it out of the dark. So kudos to you, man. Like, uh, thanks props. Very, very much. Well, so. and I, I, you know, some guys and I, we were talking about this recently and like, I, I don't know what it's like to have the spotlight and the pressure of a, of let's say like a Tiger Woods or mm-hmm. a, um, you know, president or whatever. But like, if you look in the past, um, people who make mistakes, big mistakes, and own it and leverage it, they move past it. Like there's yeah. this bizarro world though where people think if they just completely 
hide from it and dodge it or twist it or manipulate it that somehow that's better i mean like in today's world nothing's secret and and truth is power and that's what i find like the most truthful real people we know and respect and look up to are are the people who are just like telling it as it is yeah. <laughs> there there's no filter they're just real and truthful and then you see them like and you're like oh my gosh i saw him on instagram and i saw him in real life and they're like the same they're just like <laughs> they're that's who they are and you're like yeah it's called just being real like mm-hmm. it's just how it is <laughs> yeah and in the past like i think it was easier to cover that stuff up too you uh-huh. know like especially you know you talking about before 1950 you move to a new town and nobody knows your past right yeah uh, exactly n- not so much anymore you have um the internet following you and cell phones and everything <laughs> <laughs> okay cool man so let's let's dive into design pickle like so i'm very impressed with this business and i'll tell you why um i was checking this out and i was checking out your website and your pricing structure and your video your intro video and everything and it w- it felt so refreshing to be on your website because everything was just so simple and it was just like oh i don't have three pricing structures to choose from i have one <laughs> oh i don't have to go through a bunch of garbage to figure out what exactly it is it's very simple jump on either the video or go to the about page and it was just really really nice so i'd like to get like your 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 thought process behind this and why you decided to create it like this because so many businesses and websites you go to them and it's just really easy to get lost even if they have the most updated website with the coolest graphics and the best content ever it's still easy to get lost and on design pickle <laughs> wasn't so share more about this because i'm loving it well thanks um Okay, well, we're we're having a very truthful interview here, so I have to be truthful. <laughs> we did event, we did launch with three pricing tiers, and I'll tell you why uh-huh. it's now one. Um, is because okay, I'm starting this business. I'm really excited. I look at every SaaS product out there, every software, every service. It's like three pricing tiers, and you really want the middle one to be the one you want them to sign up for. Yeah. So you have a low, medium, and high, and here's what you do. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to do that. But then, I, but then, you know, like, so for if you guys, if anyone's listening doesn't know, we do design pickles, graphic design. We have a, a flat rate model. So I had these, like, like here's one price of our design service, and here's the middle tier, and here's the upper tier. But it was all, like, the same. And so I, <laughs> I made up these things that were the differences, but really there wasn't really that much difference. And first it was like, okay, well, if you're a solo entrepreneur, here's your price. And then if you're like a small business, here's your price. And if you're an agency, here's your price. Because I was guessing, you know, more like utilization, like the, the, the single guy is not going to use it as much as the agency. But that was completely wrong because I had single guys who were just like submitting hundreds of things a month where an agency would like forget they signed up and would, you know, <laughs> just keep continue to pay. And so then I was the sales guy. I was answering all the inbound inquiries. And I found out that most of my emails I was receiving was me was like questions on the, the tiers, the differences. And so one day I was like, I am tired of answering all these questions. We're just going to have one plan and one price because this is a headache <laughs> trying to like, A, explain it and explain it sort of like not lying, but just kind of being like, well, 
here's the plan for you. But really secretly, there's really just one. T- they, everyone just gets the same setup and designer and we don't really have a way to police it or enforce it. So, um, so I made the decision really out of simplicity to just say, here's our, here's our price. And another thing that I thought too, is like thinking about the way most people are used to buying creativity. They're used to having this song and dance on pricing, whether it's okay, well, here's your bid and here's the price and here's the rounds and here's the hour estimate and here's the, this and and I realized, aside from my own sanity, simplifying the sales inquiries, I could simplify it from the consumer's end, mm-hmm. where in a refreshing way, they just get one price. Yeah. And that's it. And, and then it's like, well, what about if I have a revision? It's still the same price. <laughs> what if I have 10 requests? Still the same price. Well, Russ, how much is just one thing if I just need one request? Still the same price. <laughs> I recommend you do more than one thing because you'll get a better value. And that and that has been, I think, kind of our our guiding principle, just trying to make everything easy from the purchase to the to the onboarding to working with your designer directly. And that's that's the that's the design pickle way. It was nice to see because it was like, okay, one price, either this is for you or not. We're opposed to where you, you see the the pricing tier of three or more prices, and then people, I think the consumer will go to a page anyway. This is what I experience, and think, oh, is this for me? Maybe not. This package has some things that I like, but the second one has some other ones I would like. But if you take away a couple from the other one, I would like this one. And then the whole deal (laughs) is like the first time I ever heard of the three pricing tier where the business wants you to have the middle pricing tier. I thought to myself, bullshit. Like, why would you want anybody to pay the middle price when they could pay the higher price? Like, that doesn't make any sense for me at all. Yeah. So I think it it really is. And I'm having this trouble now because we're changing podcasting platforms. And there's no pot. I mean, the, the, the ones that have one price are just really easy to say, okay, is this a yes or no? But like Lipson and Podbean there and, and a bunch of others have multiple price tiers. And I even know people that will like choose one price tier if they're putting more content out and then they'll bump it back down to a lower price tier. If it's less confident, it's confusing. It's just a lot of extra work and thinking, I think. So this is awesome. And and I also like to ask you about your basically your landing page. Like it's simple. It's basic. It's not complicated. It doesn't have an amazing <laughs> epic high high quality graphic in the back. It's just it's just simple and easy. So tell me your logic behind this. Dude, it's it's what it's exactly what you're saying. I mean, there's a spectrum of experience when someone is being asked to buy design. And we don't really know where people fall. So we don't know if you are a seasoned procurer of design services, like you've worked with a ton of designers or you are a designer and you really get it. Or you could be a mom starting a Pinterest business for the very first time and you you don't even know what Photoshop is. So we try to like just just be clear about what we do and clear about what the offer is there's no like funnel like nurture i mean it's just hey we do design and here's how we here's how we price it 
and kind of here's the the, the the box edges, you know, of what we do. We don't do everything. We don't do websites. We don't do motion graphics. Uh, so, you know, within this realm, within this box of design, here's what we do. And here's our price. Do you need it? Yes or no? And if you're yes, okay, great. Try us for a couple of weeks. And if you like it, great. If not, you can get refunded. And if you're no, then okay, well, we'll just retarget you for a long time until you think that you want to sign up and then <laughs> our ad will be in your Facebook feed and you can try it then. So like, that's our strategy. So you guys are three years old now. Is that right? In January. Yeah. January is our thir- three year birthday. Congratulations. And you scaled this up pretty rapidly. You have, how many designers do you have working for you now? Um, exclude like, so we have like a lot of employees, about 125 total, uh, of those that are designers, I would say about 85 to 90 of them are designers. Wow. And how many in-house compared to like remote or are they all remote? Well, they're all remote. Uh, even my team here in the States that we, most of us are remote. We got a handful that work in Scottsdale, but, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone is, works for us pretty much full time so you there's no like you get uh a contract with us like like a salaried contract flat rate what do you think caused design pickle to to scale so quickly to hit the success that it has in just three years dude as 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 cliche and trite as this answer is i firmly believe it is we we say we do what we say we're gonna do yeah. Like there's like a really um like we never lose a client because we were irresponsible or 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 didn't communicate or missed a deadline that was a surprise. Like we are solid and our team solid and the processes are solid and that is not common in the design and creative world. And so when we say this is our service and you sign up, a lot of people be like, wow, this, this really works. Even my wife <laughs> was like the first time she got, she had a small business for a couple of years and she used it for her service. And she said, oh, wow, like they, they totally designed what I thought they, I wanted them to design. I was like, I oh, know it's amazing. Like it actually <laughs> just works. Like your designer's fine. And and so when we do lose clients, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're usually lost because of a change in circumstance or their design needs are just either like they need things like faster than we can do it or or they have some kind of unrealistic expectation of what Design Pickle is. So they're expecting like UI mobile mock-ups, you know, like like a whole app design for $370. And we're just like, well, we don't do that. Sorry. So that's that, but we never lose a client because they, they felt like we weren't professional or we, we weren't communicative enough on on what the process is and what to expect. Like we were really great on that side. So you're at, what's your annual revenue now for design pickle? Um, I don't know hundred percent where we'll be annually, but we just cracked the $500,000 a month mark. Nice. So, Congratulations. Yeah. We have We're a lot of we have a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are working hard. They're there at the five figure level trying to hit the six figure or six figure level trying to hit the seven figure or seven figure trying to, you know, go up a step. So 
any recommendations for for entrepreneurs that are in that hustle they're they're in that grind that they want to get to the next level what would you a couple steps or a couple things that you would recommend they do well i mean we fell into finding that paid acquisition really worked for us uh, because we had such a solid service to deliver and i think i said this in thailand but I firmly believe if you're not running paid advertising, you don't believe in your product or service. Mm, nice. And that was and that was like huge for me because paid advertising is a vote of confidence for what you're doing. Now, not all paid advertising is created equal and there's different channels and platforms and all sorts of ways you can do it, but we 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 know what we do works. And so I have no problem spending money in paid acquisition to make that happen simply because it's a, it's a, um, it's a shoe in. Like I know if I can convert a client at three or $400, they're going to be with us a long time. So I just keep pouring fuel on that fire. Um, so that's it. That's one thing. And then, and you're just making sure you're profitable is another thing, which doesn't seem like <laughs> that should be said, have to be said, but I see so many guys operate, at a deficit for or break even or barely a profit. And it's just really hard to get excited about that. Um, yeah. You know, we, we bought a company earlier this year. It's a survey company called yes insights. And it's like a email. You can basically embed a, a, a survey into an email or any email provider. So we integrate with like 30 different providers from HubSpot to Infusionsoft. And it's, it's rad. Cause you could like, like, Hey, do you like, coffee or tea and you know you click it and it and it pulls you and it and knows who you are based on some of the technology well we were working with a contractor actually a guy I met in dynamite circle really really solid dude and um you know trying to scale it and grow it and we just weren't profitable so we 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 were spending just as much as we were making and i knew like three months in like hey dude this isn't working like i this is not a business I want to have. Like you have to be making profits, even if it's early on, because there's no like you should close the business if you're not making profits. Right. There's no reason you should be doing what you're doing if you're just breaking even. It's too much headache and stress and frustration. Yeah, yeah, and it's done way too much. I have a friend. I think i think his third or fourth year maybe his fifth year in business anyway i think he did about 10 million in that year and he only he only came out like with ten thousand dollars after it and <laughs> and that's not even paying himself a salary and, and jesus he was like crazy. man i need a better accountant or something because i suck at this <laughs> but it's it's a was hard... it like an amazon business or no no it was actually um it was a sandwich shop and oh yeah multiple oh, yeah. locations yeah, it was, it was kind of um, funny, but now he's doing much, much better. <laughs> when we talked in Bangkok, you mentioned that you are becoming more location independent, and I'm guessing by creating this business by design, that was kind of a, an intention behind um, what you wanted to do in the first place. So um, what's your plans for, for making making your life more location independent? Well, uh, yeah, I mean you hit you hit the biggest like keystone and that is that my choice for a business three years ago was to make sure that it could be run and operated and led from anywhere in the world and so the bones of what i do every day are completely 
just remote. I can be anywhere. I can run it from my phone if required. And that's awesome. And that I was very fortunate because there are some people who, who, who want that, some entrepreneurs who desire that, but that wasn't part of their plan initially. And it's hard to reverse things out and to change things. Whereas, you know, I had a clean slate. Like literally I was listening to the tropical NBA. I was like consulting, just kind of floating around, figuring out my next thing. So I just had this like really clear vision that I wanted to be wherever. So, um, so we built that and it works now and we have team members all around the world and, and, um, we do have a real office just because I need a place to, to go. And I love my family, but when I'm around them, it's very distracting. So I need to get out of my house. And, uh, and so now my, my plans are continue that. We, we typically, though, just do summer trips simply because of, of the schools and the things that we enjoy having here in Arizona. So we did uh, six weeks in Belize this past summer. Nice. And that was amazing. Really love that country. Um, and then we're just booked all of our trips and flights and everything to do another six weeks uh, outside of Florence. So we're going to be uh, going to Paris for about a week and then um, taking a train over to Italy and just spending five weeks in Florence and... I'm going to start learning some Italian, I think, here soon and in and, and, and December and get to see where I can get to in about five months. And uh, and then we'll be back. And that and then, you know, that's going to be, I think, just kind of what we do. And then we have some stuff through the year. So we'll be traveling, um, you know, week here, week there. And I like that. You know, to me, it's kind of like sabbaticals. I think I heard someone say yeah. once where it's like, it's not like completely uprooting everything but you get to be somewhere long enough that you really can dig in real deep yeah i don't know if i'd mention this but my girlfriend and i are talking about going to florence this spring so we'll be there a couple months before you but if after we're there if you need any tips you're going in the summer right yeah we'll be there in june Uh, i've been there one time before we just stayed right in the city so i'm excited to kind of get out of you know we'll be in like the tuscany area so Florence has, have you heard about the, the ancient Roman festival that they have in Florence? I have not. This okay. sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is probably one of the most barbaric festivals that still exists on earth. But 2,000 years ago, and I, I forget the name, it starts with a C. I think it's Calico or something like that. But 2,000 years ago, they trained uh, Roman soldiers, and Florence was one of the main spots. But they did this in a sport pretty much like full contact rugby meaning full contact meaning like using fists and feet and full on like fighting so they have 20 so they still practice this sport today and (laughs) there's four neighborhoods in florence only the people of each neighborhood can participate and they come together each august and they have this stadium where they have the sport and they compete in a you know one team beats another team you know so each team gets to play all the teams to make sure the champion round robin yes round robin tournament they go out 27 guys on each side they line up on both sides one guy gets the the football and they run towards each other and it's Nobody really. What's funny is nobody really pays attention to kind of scoring or getting the football to the other side. They just pay attention to beating the hell out of each other, and it's an all-out <laughs> brawl. In this whole city of Florence, I think there's like I don't know five thousand in the stadium or so. 
little literally little old ladies are screaming you know like white-haired ladies are screaming at at people you know throwing water at them because their team the guy on their team's getting beat oh, up or whatever and it's so great <laughs> and it's on my bucket list to see because it's just barbaric and ancient I love it. yeah and so so raw and very few things exist like that on earth but <laughs> i if you google it if you google roman fights in florence you'll see it and the videos <laughs> are crazy super super crazy oh, man maybe i can catch a training match since i'll be there a little before august little, like I can yeah see, maybe see. <laughs> maybe the prep time these these guys in these neighborhoods train all year long for this event it's considered an honor you know because their fathers did it grandfathers did it and literally before they go and play like their mothers are crying because they don't want them to go participate again <laughs> the only rule is that it has to be like if you're fighting somebody it has to be one-on-one -on -one, like bare knuckle fights you can't do two-on-one -on, -one on a person and um the winner the, the team that wins that gets a, a fat calf and that's it no big prize or anything just a calf <laughs> and you take it back to your neighborhood and celebrate and eat and you're the winner <laughs> <laughs> so something to check it. out anyway all right so we're gonna wrap up there we went a little long Russ, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. I love your story. I love your business. Great business model. Thanks for inspiring everybody. Really appreciate yeah. you sharing your tips and your tricks and all your wisdom with us. Thank you so much, my friend. Dude, I loved it. Thanks for having me. Just one more thing. If the listeners want to reach out and learn more about you or Design Pickle, where's the best place they can do that at? Yeah, so me, probably the best place in the next you know, three to six months is just check out the site for my book. It's soberentrepreneur.com. And then Design Pickle, uh, you can chat to get a message to me or the team, just designpickle.com. And then uh, social media, also Instagram and Facebook, just for Russ Perry. That's where I'm at a lot. Very cool. And listeners, thank you for joining us. We're going to sign off there, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. The Entrepreneur House creates business accelerators and curated environments for established entrepreneurs to help you scale your business rapidly. Coming this February 2018, we've teamed up with other successful entrepreneurs to create an all-inclusive digital detox camp in the wild mountains of Brazil. It will run from February 22nd to the 26th, right after Brazilian Carnival, and is held specifically for entrepreneurs, digital nomads, founders, influencers, thought leaders, startups, and those that need a break from the digital life. It is located three hours outside of Rio de Janeiro at the top of some of the most incredible mountains in South America. Literally, it's so far in the wilderness, there's no Wi-Fi. It will be full of business and lifestyle workshops, high-level masterminds, organic food, breathtaking views, campfires, hiking, swimming, waterfalls, yoga, many more activities, and a lot of time to clear our active minds. We have a special early bird offer for our listeners that expires January 15th 2018. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com. For those of you that are interested and have some questions, don't hesitate to contact us. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world. Thank you.